This guy, I've already queued up a bunch of times. I got a ton of respect for what he's been able to do with his career. I mean, I talk all the time about how many of us kind of just made it out of Twitter. Baseball Twitter, him Red Sox Twitter, me Yankees Twitter. And uh, I'm just proud that, you know, we did first learn of him with the Barstool crew, but he went on to do his own thing with DraftKings and MLB Network and the Baseball is Dead podcast. I love, I think it's one of the best baseball podcasts out there. Joining us right now, my guy, Jared Carabas. Keith, I actually, I'm going to take this opportunity right now to tell you for the first time that you, you made the wall of fame in my house. Oh, really? First off, your house, from what I've seen, is sick. <laughs> so it is. If I ever decide to come up to Fenway and take on the challenge of dealing with Red Sox fans in person, I'll have to come see that. What is it a picture of us from MLB Network or from the All-Star Game or something? Yeah, so when I was a kid, I, I used to collect 8 by 10 signed photos of Red Sox players. And now I'm like in my mid thirties and I'm like, I know half these dudes (laughs) in real life. Like it's a little weird to have like action shots of these dudes on my wall at my house. So I started printing off like eight by tens of like me and Johnny Damon, me and a rod, me and Poppy. And then I got the the shot of us uh, on the stage. My first ever appearance on MLB network that, that made the wall of fame. Yeah, man. Hopefully we get to run it back on off base or whatever show or whatever coverage MLB network. I know you guys are listening. Uh, We got to run it back. So let's talk baseball, general baseball, but let's start actually, obviously, because you're the Red Sox guy. I'm the Yankee guy, whatever. And I mean, when I first got wind of you on Twitter, I hated you, but I understood, like I understood what this guy was doing. I'm like, this guy gets under the skin of Yankee fans. It drives up engagement. And then I saw your post today about John Carlos Stanton, and I replied, knowing I was going to have you on tonight. I'm like, worry about your boy, Rafael Devers. He should be doing some running because it seems like he's worried about who's running the franchise. Let's start with Devers, man. What was he on? He came in today, and I know he's got the translator, but clearly he's not satisfied with this offseason, and I don't think you are either. So I think the running theme right now is that all of us feel like we were lied to. And you, you read between the lines here, it goes back to Tom Warner saying full throttle, we're going full throttle this offseason. And I don't think that that was just a promise that wasn't delivered on. I think he was probably told that at the time and something got walked back or somebody got lied to somewhere. Because I was here, like, and I said this on the podcast the other day, that Tom Warner, at the time that he said full throttle, there was someone else privately in the Red Sox organization that was kind of, it kind of had the same tone. Like they were a little bit cocky being like, we're going to go out, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And they were talking big names. Like we're going to put up our money here and we're going to have a banger of an off season. So you can start there. Tom Warner lied to. And then you go down to Kenley, Kenley Jansen, who came out, I believe two days ago. And he was asked about, you know, his contract situation, the trade rumors and all that. And my man goes, yeah, year one, they told us or told me, because it's a two-year deal, year one, we're going to try to contend, like we'll be in it. But that year two, though, that year two is when we're going all in. And that's going to be that's going to be the team. And instead, we get a last place finish last year. And this team in 2024 is objectively worse than that team. <laughs> So he was lied to. Then you have Rafael Devers come out today. And this is a dude that, you know, he, he's not afraid to talk to the media. 
Uh, there's obviously a language barrier there. He can understand English. Uh, I don't think he feels comfortable speaking it in front of the media just yet, but he can understand it, and he'll talk when he has something to say. So when he sat down today for 20 minutes, I'm like, damn, dude went off. And you read some of the quotes because I saw some Spanish-speaking Red Sox fans that were like, yeah, the interpreter wasn't exactly saying everything that he was saying. <laughs> like he was, he was holding back some of the things that Devers was saying. He was changing some words and stuff like that to make it more like team friendly. And then you get into like the real quote from the people that are interpreting this. And he just went off. He was like, yeah, I would love to say what I hope this team does. But I, you know, I got to keep my comments yeah. to myself. Can't say like, it out they loud. They know what they need to do. <laughs> yeah. So like now he feels lied to. And, and you look at it this way, right? This dude signed a massive contract extension. Yep. He got paid. And out of all the dudes, Mookie, Xander, Devers. Devers was the guy that got paid to stay long-term. And he went and was like, I'm going to forego free agency yep. to sign this deal so I can stay here. I'm pretty sure. And like this is not inside info or anything. But I'm pretty sure the Red Sox probably made him some promises like, hey, things are going to get better. Stick with us. We need you. You're a part of this. And Devers comes out today and he's like, man, I'm looking around. We didn't do anything to get better. Like they know what they need to do to get better. They're just not doing it. It's not like they don't know. They're just actively not doing it. So he's probably really upset. Like I'm sure that he was made false promises. So you've got part of the ownership group that's like I was lied to. You got your closer being like, I was lied to. You have the highest paid player on the team being like, I was lied to. And the fans, I mean, the fans are sitting here being like, you know, we were lied to as well. <laughs> like, you're trying to sell us on this full throttle offseason. And instead of signing players, you're sending us emails to, to re-up our season ticket packages. Yeah, it's great. I, I'd rather be the Yankees than the Red Sox right now. This is how your Netflix special starts. This is how the Red Sox uh Netflix Hard Knocks series starts with Rafael Devers saying, nah, I'm not feeling it. There's things I want to say that I can't say out loud. I'm stuck here. Money can't buy you love. Money's not everything. I want a World Series. I want to win more. I mean, listen, that Netflix, like, think about it this way, right? I know that uh, the Yankees haven't won a World Series in the DVD era. I think, like, the last World Series film was on VHS for yeah, the I Yankees. Have it. I have it. But, but when the Red Sox win World Series, the World Series film comes out in like December. So you win it late October, early November. You have the World Series film. You can relive those memories as early as December. This Netflix special, it's, it's kind of like Hard Knocks, but it's not. Like it's not coming out in real time. So you're about to document what is probably going to be a last play season, a team with no stars, and it's coming out in spring 2025. Like, I barely, like, once the season, like, spring training starts, like, I barely care about talking about the team the year before, even if they won the World Series. It's like, hey, let's do it again. Let's move forward. Who is going to want to relive the 2024 Boston Red Sox season in 2025? I barely, it's it's February 20th. I don't even want to live well, it right now. After like, the Yankees, I don't even want to talk about After the Yankees win the World Series, we're going to watch that. We can't wait to watch that on Netflix after the Yankees win 28. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen. I feel like, uh, you know, you guys, I mean, listen, you said that you're, you're happier in your situation. What if, what if, let's just say hypothetically, right? 
it's almost a little bit more embarrassing to like, cause we can, we can both agree. The Red Sox are actively not trying to win baseball games. Like we're not trying to win a world series. I don't series. think they know what they're trying to do. The mixed message has got to be infuriating thinking one thing and then getting another, like as a fan in the fan base. Yeah. Directionless, no philosophy, no direction. Boston Red Sox baseball catch the fever, but the Yankees, they are actively trying to win a world series this year. They are all in I mean, it's going to be an embarrassing season for me. It might be a little bit more embarrassing for you if you don't win the World Series and Juan Soto signs elsewhere. Bro, I watched uh, Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, and Jeremy Pena dance around and celebrate on the field up there on the yard on 161st Street in the Bronx. Um, I watched these guys get knocked out in Fenway in a one-game elimination wilder. Yeah, like I, I'd have, I'd have taken all the embarrassment. Bring it on, bring it on. If they, if like, what else can they do to me? Juan Soto's not going anywhere. But yeah, uh, you know how the, those uh, weirdos on Twitter love to say, "Oh, this tweet's not going to age well. This Netflix mm-hmm. series not going to age well for the Boston Red Sox." Speaking of the Boston Red Sox in the World Series, your World Series was last year. The Yankees owe you one. Like, I, I didn't forget about Alex Cora and those guys popping bottles in the visiting clubhouse because they came and swept us twice in the Bronx. Like, this Yankees team owes you guys, and Alex Verdugo is leading the charge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, put it this way. People people are giving me too much credit these last couple of years because they're like, I think Jared's matured. You know, he's not he's not attacking the Yankees anymore. He's not making fun of the Yankees. He's not... He has like a pretty good relationship with Yankee fans now. It's not because I've matured. It's because I have no ammo. Like we're both losers. Like the Red Sox Yankee rivalry. Yeah. It's like the the, the fans it's will fight warm. forever. Yeah. It's like the, the fans will always be at each other's throat. But on the field, it's like how can you get involved in that? Like we are absolutely. Uh, it's bottom weak. of the bio. Like, you guys will be fine. You guys will be fine. You'll be a decent team. You won't be the best team. You're not going to win the World Series, but you'll at least be watchable. Like, at that point, that is such a low bar. I would just love to have a watchable team this year. I'm not even going to have that. Well, you got Lucas Giolito. Um, Didn't Liam Hendricks just sign? Liam Hendricks just signed, but he had Tommy John, so he won't be back until, like, late July, early August. Kenley Uh, Jansen's probably going to get traded. Masataka Yoshida. He's going to DH. Yoshida, they just, yeah, they just. They hate his defensive metrics, so now he's going to be the full-time DH, which is why Justin <laughs> Turner's not back. Yeah, no, no, it's going to be a lot of fun. Speaking of Justin wait. Turner, Justin Turner's the only guy that added some juice to the rivalry. He he fouled a foul ball off John Sterling's head. I, I wanted to fight him after that. I You know what? I didn't realize that that was Justin Turner that did that. <laughs> I bet you, Justin Turner is the type of dude um, that I feel like any other player on the Red Sox would be like, oh, that, that's too bad that that happened. Justin Turner probably like sent him like a fruit basket or something. He's all class. He signed the ball and he he wrote something nice to John. He wrote something like, uh, "You're never truly safe at a ball game." Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and of course, John being a baseball lifer, loving baseball, absolutely loved it. John is a trooper, and and him and Susan had so much fun with that whole thing. But uh, yeah, we'll, oh, yeah, we'll see you guys soon. Let's talk general baseball, man. As I listen to your podcast, one of the things I thought as I and I, I've been trying to get you on the last couple of weeks, I'm like. Man, we can't curse on the radio, so we can't actually really talk about the state of Major League Baseball and some of the things the way that we would actually talk about them on this station because it's uh, FCC regulated. But you guys do a great job. Uh, let's talk about a few things. Your boy Rob Manfred, he's signing off. Rob, Rob is 
on his farewell tour. He's done in five years. What do you think about that? My first thought is how cocky do you have to be to announce your retirement five years in advance? Like LeBron James is out here saying, man, I don't know if I'm going to go with like the Tim Duncan route and just bow out and tell no one if I'm going to do a year retirement tour. Rob Manfred's like, you know what? Five years. Five years from now is when I'm going to retire. Yep. And I saw, like, people were celebrating. Like, what are you celebrating? Like, that's a long time. Your life can change. <laughs> yeah, that's half a decade. Like, imagine, like, how much has your life personally, Keith, how much has your life changed in the last five years? Completely. That is a long time. So, I mean, I'm, me personally, I'm not even really that much of a Rob Manfred hater. Uh, I know that he, he says dumb things sometimes. But I think that a lot of good has happened in the game under his watch. So, I'm not, I mean, I'm not in that, that crazy camp. He's not planning his farewell tour. He's planning his retirement golf tour. Remember we saw him practicing his golf swing during the lockout? This guy didn't give an F about anything going right. on in baseball. He was no. imagining himself golfing. He couldn't wait for the lockout proceedings to be over so he could get to his tee time the next day. Uh, this is what he's doing, though. He's setting us up for the next five, next five years because he's going to bow out once the league expands and we get a new team in Nashville. And I, and I saw Salt Lake City. Why Salt Lake City? I don't know if you uh, – actually, you know, I don't even know if it's safe, safe for radio. We did a segment on that because obviously Dallas Braden is uh, uh, the Oakland A's broadcaster. Yep. And it was talked about maybe if they can't get something done in Vegas if the Oakland A's would be the team that relocates to Utah. Um, there's a funny segment on the podcast about that. <clears throat> That's probably not safe for radio. But uh, either way, you know, I expansion team, whatever, like Nashville is a cool market. I would love to see baseball come back to Montreal. Yep. Uh, I've only been there one time. It was in 2016. But they still – their passion for baseball is still so very strong up there that – I don't know. Like you kind of look at it from both sides. Like Montreal deserves their team, definitely. Um, but th there's something cool about the uh, Toronto Blue Olympic Jays Park being or Olympic Stadium. I had a trip planned to go there with my wife to see the Yankees play the Blue Jays, and then the pandemic hit. And mm -hmm. I remember even calling Air Canada or wherever we booked booked the flights, and we were trying to cancel the flight or get the money back, or whatever. And they weren't even up on it yet. We were like a couple days ahead. We're like. No, the world is shutting down. Like, we're not going to be able to go to the spring training baseball game in Montreal between the uh, Yankees and the Blue Jays. And then, of course, they, mm. they refunded us. Orlando. Remember they had the Orlando Dreamers? And they, they had that whole pitch? I think Orlando was a potential spot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, keep baseball out of Florida, by the way. I mean, like, they just say, I don't know how many <laughs> examples you need before you're just like, all right, we got to stop trying. Like, how many teams are you going to put down there before you figure it out? Um but yeah, no, I mean, whatever. I, I, I'm all for baseball spreading throughout the globe. Um, I mean, you know, there, there's some of those. It's it's hard once you watch like the World Baseball Classic and you see those environments. It's like, yeah, I know. I, I understand we can't have a big league team in Japan or Puerto Rico or something like that. But like these these stadiums, I mean, they baseball is religion there. Like yeah. Cuba and the Dominican. It's like these places love baseball. Yeah, they're trying. They're going to open up the season in uh, Seoul, Korea. The Yankees, actually, when I go down to Tampa, they're going to be in Mexico City. So they're trying to put it in different places. I've gone to the London series, Yankees, Red Sox. Um, there's a few other places that they're 
they're trying to bring the game. But before they go too far, like, what's up with the jerseys, bro? Like, these jerseys are oh. janky. You know me. I'm always wearing a Yankees jersey or an all-star yeah. jersey. Like, I'm big on the jerseys. I have a closet full of jerseys. When I saw these new Fanatics Nike jerseys, I'm like, why is baseball going cheap? Why are they, like, making the quality less than? Did you see Mike Trout's tweet about this? No. What did he say? And I don't know. I don't really care what – Trout is a different kind of cat. And we'll talk about Trout and Rendon next. But, like, I don't really care about his his takes. And I always feel like he's forced to do things, right? Yeah, he's, that's my change, point. Change can be good. I'm a big fan of these. I did see that, and I'm like, shut up, dude. Somebody tweeted that from your camp. You didn't physically do that. You just gave the okay. Like, yeah, whatever. Tweet it for me. Right, and he was talking about, like, the breathability and, like, the flexibility of the jersey. It's like, that's not what people are complaining about, dude. Like, they're complaining <laughs> about how, like, they, they changed the MLB logo on the neck. Like, yep. that's now lower. The letters are smaller. Rounded. Uh, they're arched in a weird way. Uh, the quality of the logos are much cheaper looking. I think there was a player that off the record, I don't know why you would say it off the record, just say it, dude. Like, we all agree with you. They're like, yeah, like, it looks like these jerseys are like uh, discount TJ Maxx jerseys. Yeah. Everyone feels that way. They're, they look very cheap. And I get when you want to, uh, make the the performance of the jersey better. Like you can do all, all that stuff that they're saying to defend these jerseys. You can still have all that. They can still be light. They can still be flexible and all that without having the logos look cheaply made. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. I know it's this Nike Vapor Premium. They're like this really light, thin, almost sheer material, but they're baseball jerseys. Like. I bought authentic baseball jerseys. They weigh five pounds. They're they're thick. They're heavy, and they make you feel like okay. That's why they cost three hundred dollars because there's a certain quality to them. But whatever. Maybe maybe it's 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 better for the for the game, right? Maybe these guys will be faster, and that's what they want. They want the game to be faster. The pitch clock is faster. Uh, they want you to steal more bases. Do do you think we're gonna attract more casual fans to the game this year? The second year of the rule changes. Um. I mean, so the whole thing about the rule change, where where were you at on all that stuff when it first came out? Like, were you for it when it started, or did it, like, no, I was, did it evolve over time? I was, I was open to it, right? I was like, let's see how it plays out. So many people were against it. I'm like, let's see how it plays out in spring training. And, and you know what? I just I didn't want to see the clock. I'm like, I want to watch the game. I don't need to see the countdown. I don't need it to be a shot clock. Uh, the bigger bases, whatever. The only rule that I think is dumb is Manfred's man on second? I just, I've never, I'll never get jiggy with that. I'll never, I'll never be cool with like, oh, we got to speed the game up because I go to games and I literally go to the game. I mean, now I got to leave the game to do this job. But most of the times when I would go to baseball games, until they kick us out, we are in this. Until they kick us out, you don't have to speed up extra innings by putting a ghost runner on. How'd that runner get on second? That was the only thing I really didn't like. Yeah, and and I think for me it's still open to interpretation and it's because of the injuries. Like I think that we don't have enough data, enough information right now to where, you know, it's, we're going to need far more time to make that determination. Like is the pitch clock resulting in these elbow injuries? But at the same time, it's like every year that we go forward, you have all these places that are like velocity farms. Like you're now teaching guys to throw harder and it's not about locating anymore 
or I mean, I, I know that they're, they're into like spin and all that and they, they want to cut it and they sweep it and all that. Like that, yes, there's an emphasis on that, but if you can throw 98, you can probably find a spot on a big league roster somewhere. So guys are constantly trying to teach themselves velocity, the weighted balls, working velocity. So the, the harder you throw, the more at risk you're going to be for an elbow surgery or a shoulder surgery of some kind. Right. So, Every year that goes forth, it, you're going to have more elbow injuries that you can attribute to higher velocities. But we're also having this pitch clock, and you want to look at that as like, oh, like are guys having to throw more pitches at a faster rate? Is that contributing to elbow injuries more? Like it's it's hard to kind of like pinpoint. That's the only issue that I would ever have uh, with the pitch clock is if it were somehow determined somewhere down the line that we are attributing injuries to the pitch clock right I think that Manfred's legacy is also going to be uh, shortening the season he's gonna they're gonna expand in the next five years and they're also going to shrink the season down they wanted to do it during the lockout but I think that they're they're gonna shrink the season down Uh, I feel like I always say Manfred I'm like I don't think Manfred likes baseball he's strictly business right when he called it a, a chunk of metal talking about the World Series trophy that everybody covets and dreams of he's like it's just a chunk of metal we're like what like this guy is completely out of touch another guy that folks think uh, you know is completely out of touch but I don't I don't mind it I understand it I'm not saying I agree with it or I would say it is Anthony Rendon and uh, you got a lot of flack online for what you said about Anthony Rendon and here's my take on it I said it I'm like this guy he got paid for what he did he went back to his hometown of Houston Texas won the World Series and he got a big contract from the Anaheim Angels. Shame on them. The Angels, this is what they do. So, like, they made this deal. And there's a lot of guys that have, uh, you know, got away with stealing money. There's a lot of guys. I, I threw your boy Jacoby Ellsbury out there. Where's he been? He was just really quiet about all the money he made without having to play. How do you feel about Anthony Rendon saying that baseball is not a priority, his family and his faith are a priority, this is a job, and uh, kind of just being really real about his situation right now. I think with my tweet, people just heard what they wanted to hear. Like a lot of the stuff that people were trying to come at me for, I didn't even say. Uh, like a lot of the replies that I got were like, oh, excuse me that someone prioritizes their faith and family over a game. I didn't say that. My tweet said, it's almost impressive how much of a miserable bleep this dude is despite being one of the highest paid players in the history of the game. I'm saying like you are making, he, I believe his contract is the ninth most lucrative in baseball history. It's somewhere in there. Yeah. Probably at and, the time that he signed it. And, he, and he, that's why I said, someone's got to check on him, Jared. I'm like, he needs a mental health check. He needs therapy. Someone's got to check on him. He smacked a fan in Oakland. Uh, he was on a yeah. podcast earlier this month where he said he wouldn't wish this life on anybody. I'll take your life for a week. For a year. All I need is a year of your life, and I'm rich right. for life. Right. So I'm taking all – I mean, maybe it's my mistake that I assumed my audience knew that, like, I know all these things. Like, I'm, I'm – It's I'm not, not even your saying, audience, like, bro. It's it's the baseball audience helicoptering in. It's people that don't even follow you. They're just like, oh, let's, yeah. let's get at this guy. I mean, the tweet has over a million views. Like, my tweet has over a million views. You're good at that. You're really good at uh... – <laughs> <laughs> But I but, – I'm not even I'm not even like trying to drum up the the crowd. Like I literally just feel I feel that way. So I said that. I was like that, like cuz I, I you just reached this point right? I'm not coming at the dude for saying I prioritize my family and my faith before my job. 
It's like bro is acting like he works for Amazon. Like you play <laughs> for the Angels and you make forty million dollars a year. Yeah. If I'm the owner of the Angels and I've got someone being like, I wouldn't wish this life on anyone, and like you know, if people, if the media feels like they have to ask you if baseball is still a top priority for you, that's a red flag. Like that's not a good thing. And and the, his response is just like, well, I'm here, aren't I? Like, he's not saying, like, yeah, no, I'm excited. Like, you know, it's a it's a new season. It's a new opportunity for me to get back out there. Like, I have a lot to prove. I've been hurt a lot. I can't wait to get back on the field and get get with the boys. He's like, well, I showed up again. And, like, uh, I'm here, aren't I? Like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Like, I never came at the dude for saying he prioritizes his family. Like, they heard what they wanted to hear. I said, for someone that makes as much money as he does, it's impressive how truly miserable he is to be at the time that he signed the deal, one of the top 50 best players in the game and just coming off a world series title. And you made, you're, you're making 30, like close to $40 million a year. And you're acting like you, you're, you're like, you have the worst job ever. Like you're like an overnight yep. custodian or something. Right. Like He's that. acting like, like he cleans can't. the, uh, the toilets in the big a in their stadium. Yeah. <laughs> You get to play baseball, dude. And, like, I get it. Not every player in Major League Baseball loves baseball. I understand that. Like, you're going to have dudes that are just like, sorry, uh, I just happen to be really good at this. It's not something where I'm going to go home and go on eBay and collect, you know, Roger Maris baseball cards and trade for, like, Mickey Mantle baseball cards and, and watch YouTube videos on baseball. Like, I get it. It's not everyone's world. Um, but it is a slap in the face to, to those who it is their world where you get to play this game, you get to play in major league baseball and make all this money. And then you're, you're treating it like you're being shipped off to this deserted Island with no food and water. Like, you know, the real life survivor type stuff. Like, that's why I was like, this dude is just so miserable. And I don't know. I, I, I very clearly did not bring his family or his faith into it. It's just more his tone, his demeanor, well, that's, the history that's Twitter of what for you. He has said. That's Twitter oh, yeah. for you. You could yeah. talk about one thing and someone's going to reply with another thing. It happens to me all the time. If you're just tuning in, this is Jared Carabas on the line with me from DraftKings, Boston's very own uh, Yankees Twitter. Very familiar with Jared. He's also a correspondent with the MLB Network. One more thing for you, Jared, before I let you go. Like, you know, I hear what Rendon's saying, and I did see Shohei Otani almost shed a tear playing for the Angels. I guess it really does suck over there. Like, how tired of you, or how tired are you already of seeing, oh, Shohei went deep in his first batting practice. Oh, y- Yashinobu Yamamoto. Oh, he's got some electric stuff. It's like they are forcing this whole Dodgers, uh, Otani, Yamamoto thing on us. I'm just, I'm I'm never this much of a hater on the Dodgers since they came out of Brooklyn, but I'm rooting for them to fail. I'm actively on the side of, like, I hope these guys lose. I have a take that you're going to hate, um, but it's the truth. I'm probably going to watch a ton of Dodgers baseball. So am I. <laughs> and I, I right get here. it from your right from your perspective, though. It's like I feel like Yankee fans are still a little bit sour that Yamamoto didn't pick the Bronx. He played everybody. I get it. I would be mad about Especially that, the too. Especially the Phillies. Oh, really so, yeah. Phillies offer the most money. Yeah, we um, just found that out Yankee, today. If I'm a Yankee fan, I want – to see Yamamoto fail because it's like, oh, yeah, like you you didn't choose us, so all right, whatever. Um, but for me, my baseball team is not trying to win baseball games. So 
they're not invested, so I can't be invested. So now I'm looking at it as Shohei Otani, best player probably ever to play the game. He's on the same team as this dude that he won the World Baseball Classic with. They didn't lose a game in that tournament. Uh, Japan just turns turns out superstars now. Uh, so I'm going to be – I mean, Mookie's there, Freddie Freeman's there, my boy Tyler Glasnow's there. Like, I'm going to watch the Dodgers every single night because – and you know this better than anybody as a baseball lifer – that I need to feel things. I, I, I can't just sit there and watch the Red Sox and be numb. I do I'm love Dodger Stadium. I'm definitely going to be watching. I'm going to be sitting right in here on the air till 2 a.m. watching the Dodgers games on my MacBook. <laughs> Yeah, like I, I'm not going to be sad about the Red Sox. I'm not going to be depressed. I'm sure like Yankee fans are going to try to troll me all year when they're not good. It's not going to do anything. Like I, you can't hurt me more than I've already been hurt by the fact that the Red Sox aren't actually trying. Therefore, <laughs> I'm going to watch Dodger baseball just to feel something this year because I can't. It's a, a a year of bad baseball for my favorite team is like an entire wasted year of my life. So I need to feel something. So I will become emotionally attached to the Dodgers because they are that exciting. They do have that much talent, and it's going to be a fun season. It's time for Dodger baseball, and it's time for me to say (laughs) goodbye. Well done, Jared Carabas. You killed it as usual. Thank you, my friend. Uh, I will talk to you soon, and hopefully uh, we can do this before the season starts. We'll do a little ALEs preview at some point. Yes, sir. Thanks for joining us.